the Lord's been pressing a message on my heart today that we need to be strong in who we are and what we believe. And, and anyway, uh, these songs today confirmed what I've been getting in my spirit today and this week. And so I changed the service today. And we're going to be reading out of 1 John 2, 18. But um, I see lots of people fanning and I'm cooking. So let's get some air moving in here. It's easier to take coats off than put them on, right? Or it's easier to put coats on than take clothes off. I need to move on with the sermon, don't I? I do. I do. We need to move on with the sermon. So anyway, we're going to be out of 1 John 2, 18 through the further down. I'll see where we stop. But, but Oakton's New Year's resolution for 2023 was to remain in the vine. And, and you can see the illustration up here that we have. And, and, but remaining is making a firm decision to do something. And so we're going to make a firm decision that we're going to be standing rock solid on Jesus Christ. And, and we're not going to waver from that. And it's going to continue on from 2023. But, but we shared about how that, that both of these plants, they look good when they weren't together. But when we brought them together, one stands out more than the other. And we were just using the ideas that, that we can be here as believers or we can be here as believers, meaning we're giving God some, but not at all, not everything. And, and again, I shared that how we got some, some blank places in these vines that there's no leaves. Well, at the time, they were in dark places, and that's why there wasn't no fruit from them. But, but is that, it just is blowing my mind. Just the time that this plant has been out in the light, we've left these lights on and been watered, I can't believe the recovery this plant is making. And, and I know I pulled this back last week and freaked everybody out because you didn't realize that these plants here were so rough. But look at this, guys. Last week, they basically looked like this. And look how they're, they're picking up. They're picking up just by getting in the light, getting in centered in the vine and, and, and getting watered, remaining in him. And, and we're seeing a difference. And, and I'm not talking about this illustration today. You know, I'm not going there. And everybody knows what I'm talking about that needs to know. So anyway, but, but we need to remain in him. And we gave you the 60-60 challenge last week that, that our alarm clocks are going to go off on our phones every 60 minutes and for 60 days. But to make us aware that we and remind us to remain in him. And anyway, that has been blessings for me at times. And at times it's, it's checked me. And I've caught myself even uh, uh, in a place that, that I was getting combative and the alarm goes off and made me check my fruit. And, and it's made me aware that God is with us. We know that, but God is with us all the time. We need to remain in him all the time. Uh, I witnessed to somebody the other day that I probably wouldn't have if that alarm went off. Uh, me and Karen left the service the other day and, and went and stayed in a motel in Oklahoma. And, and the next morning we're getting up and I went out and prayed and, and always liked to go out and pray and walk and try to run in the morning. And, and I went by a, a truck driver in the lobby and, and the Lord said, you need to minister to him. And, 
And I, well, he's there, and I get back from prayer, I'll do that. And walk back in, he's there. So I think I, I don't remember how it all laid out, but in there I had some casual conversation. Nice guy. Went up to the room and, and got ready and dressed, and we were heading out, and you need to talk to that guy. And we're all like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's not the Lord, that's me. And, and went on outside, got in the car, and thought, well, if he comes outside, then I'll talk to him. Well, of course he didn't. Well, Karen was lingering, so I went in there to see what was going on. And again, you need to talk to that guy. And, and I'm like, is this me or is this you, Lord? You know how we do it. And, but we got into the car, and I just decided I'd pray for that guy. We'll just pray for him. Just pray. Kind of like this guy on, uh, that got hurt in football. We talked about praying about him, and only very few prayed for him. And, and or did something, in other words. And but we were leaving. We got about a quarter of a mile away, and 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 that alarm had went off in there sometime in there, and the spirit was weighing in me. So I did a UE and went back and just walked in there and said, "Hey, uh, uh, just feel like I need to pray with. You. I can't remember because I don't want to tell you how. But this is again. Can I pray with you? Are you a believer?" No, no, I'm good, I'm good. I got all my bills paid. I said, that's good, yeah, we got our bills paid. Well, I'm a pastor, and I reached in and got a card, and I handed my card to him. He goes, oh, you're a pastor? And I said, yeah. And he goes, God called me into the ministry at one time. And then we began to talk. And his name's Billy Jean, but, but, but we had a good talk, and I finally said he let me pray for him. And it kind of tickled me when I pray. I like to peek. And anyway... I, I peeked while I was praying, and Billy Jean was looking me right in the eye. He was like this, and he went. <laughs> but, but, but again, I'm believing that the Lord used that time for a reason. But, but I, I think I honestly probably wouldn't have done that if that alarm wouldn't have went off again. Because so many times we check things off and say, oh, the Lord will, will do this. But again, the 60-60 challenge. And, and in that time, I want to step a little bit further with it. Some of you have gotten with me and, and said, let's apply that word to those times. And, and meaning, like, get a scripture of a day and, and, and just stand on that scripture. And if, if nothing like that's popping up that the Lord's directing you to witness somebody, just meditate on the scripture the Lord give you. And the Lord's been dealing with me all day that I will show you a scripture for anything you're going through. I can show you a scripture for anything you're going through, many scriptures that will help you. And so I would challenge you to get those scriptures when you're and meditate on them. And if it's one for the week or one for the day, but, but you're going to at least focus on them for that minute or so. And, and I know, guys, I was in meetings too when it goes off and you're reaching for your phone. Oh, crud, I forgot I had that on. But it's just a reminder and, and don't do it in the middle of the night. I, I start mine at 8 o'clock in the morning. It goes off, and it stops at 7 o'clock at night. But just been aware of who he is. And then the other thing is we challenge you in slide three that, that, that you could read the Bible in a year with us, and that's the one I'm doing, if, and I'm actually two days behind already. Uh, that's why I don't like to invite people, because they can see usually I get behind, and I'll spend a day catching up. But, but again, reading the Bible together in a year, and, and it's through the version app, and that, but that's the picture of it if you go there. A lot of people asking that, that last week. But again, the Word of God is important in knowing what we believe and, and, and 
praying about those things. The Lord is just pressing on me more and more, and it's really getting heavy that we need to be people of prayer, people of word. We need to know what we believe. And so anyway, uh, Jeremy had shared this scripture with me uh, Friday or Thursday, and I thought, my goodness, you know, this applies to what we're going through. But 1 John 2, 18, children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that in the last hour, therefore, we know that we are in the last hour. Verse 19, they went out from us, meaning they left our church, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us in our church. But they went out that it might become plain that they are all, they all are not of us. Verse 20, but you have been anointed by the Holy One and you have, and you all have knowledge. I want you to get that. You have been anointed by the Holy One, that's talking to believers, and you all have knowledge. Verse 21, I write to you not because you do not know the truth, you have knowledge, you know the truth, but because you know it and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. Now, we need to remember that. You know, you keep hearing from me say, well, there's Antichrist out there. Well, how do you know? They deny the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We'll get into that a little bit later. But whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Verse 24, let what you heard from the beginning abide, remain in you. Abide means remain. If, you, if, if what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide, remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he made to us, eternal life. I write these things to warn you about those who are trying to deceive you. But the anointing that you receive from, the, from him who abides and remains in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about everything, and it is true and it is no lie. Yes, it is taught to you, abide, remain in him. Verse 28, now little children abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. And guys, in a nutshell, that's saying that, that when we're in him and remain in him, he gives us the knowledge and the understanding and the truth. And we will understand lies. We'll understand false prophets. He doesn't leave us alone. And what really blows me away on this, I was going to finish with this today, but, but the, the songs that we sang today is so true. He's coming back soon. Uh, Christ was set up to come back the minute he rose from the grave. We've been in the last days since then. Christ could come back any time. And we need to be prepared. We need to be longing for him so that in verse 29, that we don't shrink back. Meaning shrink back is ashamed about how we responded when Christ returns. But we need to say, well, praise the Lord, you're here. Praise Finally. <laughs> but how are we going to respond if Christ would come back now? Would we, we shrink back because we didn't trust him. We didn't walk in his knowledge. And, you know, he's going to take us, but, but we shrink back. 
instead of pressing in when the Son of God comes. And that's what the Lord was putting on my heart, and we're singing that. Do we know what we're singing? Man, man, do we know and we want Christ to come back more than anything? And the Lord kept speaking to me as they don't know me like they could. I think the disciples were so powerful as they knew the Lord and they knew to be absent from him was to be with the body, with Christ. Be absent from the body was to be with Christ. And that's why they lived on the edge. You know, the Lord gave me peace the other night where Liberia is one of 10 countries that requires the, the vaccine. And, and I really didn't want to take it and have been waiting until the last minute and, but I've been asking the Lord, I want a peace and I want a scripture. And, and anyway, I think that we get to running so hard and we get so busy in church things, in life, that we read the Bible, we pray, but we don't listen. And after I had all these meetings and all this prayer and all these things, I went into my room exhausted and I sat on the bed and my mind was stilled and the Lord spoke to me. Basically... Nothing greater is to give your life for somebody you love. Go to Liberia. I'll protect you from the shot. And I got to thinking about that. How many times do we hold back ministering the gospel because of how it's going to affect us here on this earth? It may be I don't speak out at school because I'm afraid that I'll get in trouble. I don't speak out here because I don't want to lose a friend. Well, no better love is you to be willing to sacrifice it all so that they would know Jesus Christ. I don't want to shrink back when the Lord comes back. And I don't say you're not going with the Lord, but I don't want to be ashamed of the way I acted when Christ came back. Because he's made us righteous. And there's no reason to shrink back. We need to step in to his coming. Be open and available to give it all. Point one. (laughs) Be aware of the Antichrist in the last days. The scripture talked about that we read in verse one that there is a Antichrist meaning one in the end, but there will be many before his coming. Be ready. Do you guys realize that Jesus was put on the cross because of people, one of the reasons is because people were anti-Christ. They were Gnostic, meaning they didn't believe in the divinity of Christ. They didn't believe he's the son of God. He may have been a messenger of Christ, but but I'm going to use this word Gnostic and Gnosticism because that's one of the reasons Christ was put on the cross. John was addressing that because it was still in the church. These people that were leaving the church were Gnostic in their base. And he was speaking out against them, and they finally left the church over it. But they were even doubting that Jesus was the Son of God, doubting the divinity of Christ. 
And if, if you don't believe your pastor to hear, this is from a commentary, but Gnostic is a prominent uh, heretical movement. So that's why I don't read these things. I don't know half the words. Of the second century Christian church, partly of the pre-Christian origin, Gnostics denied the supreme being came from, or deny that the supreme being came in the flesh, claiming Jesus to be merely a human who attained enlightenment through Gnosticism and taught his disciples to do the same. In other words, taking that power out. And, and I don't want to get into other deals, but, but we're moving away from something as a church for that very reason, Gnostic. That very same thing. They claimed to be believers, yet they loved the world and its sinful pleasures, so they twisted the message of Christ to fit in. To not have to stand and be. But again, Paul recognized this and revealed it in the church. And that's why we need to know the Word of God. We need to know what we believe and we need to pray and seek God on it. And, and we need to know beyond a shadow of a doubt. But all this nonsense that happened in the church then, it, it hurt the church. Meaning they lost people, but yet it made them stronger. But, but then on Fox, Mike Diggs, you sent me this right in the middle of that, that article on Fox. Well, if you go in there and click on that article, it said Pew Report. And I went to that Pew report, but they were interviewing Franklin Graham. And, and, and Fox was interviewing him about Christian decline, uh, Christianity declining in America. And in this report, uh, the, the survey, that there's a surge of adults leaving Christianity to become atheist, agnostic. In other words, they don't want to believe in God at all or just want to be nothing in particular. It predict, predicted that if the number of Christians under 30 abandon their faith, accelerates beyond the current pace, adherence of this historical dominant religion of the USA could be a minority in 2045. So slide seven, I went to Pew, and you see in 1990 that 90% of America identified as Christians in the, in, in the 1990s, it was, it was uh, 90%. In 2020, it was 64%. Predictions are less than 50% in 45, 35% in 2070. If you look at the side there, you're going to see a steady switching. Pew Report says 31% of Christians disaffiliate, while 21% of the unaffiliated people coming in. In other words, more people are going out than we're bringing in. But what I'm getting at is when we're unsure of our faith as a church and we're not strong in who we are and what we believe in the word of God and living it out in our lives, we're going to see those inconsistencies in this church. You get that today? When we send missed messages to the lost that come into this body of Christ, they're not going to stay with us. And we send missed messages amongst ourselves and are fighting and bickering over things that cause division, then we're not going to be able to be strong. So together, we need to be strong in the word and what we believe. 
because it is affecting the church world. Reverend Graham was interviewed and he said that, that what do you think about this? And I'll just say some random comments, but, but one of them says, if there's a lot of people in your pews, don't worry about it. We got a lot of people in the pews, but we do need to be aware of it. We need to know what we believe. We need to know who we are. We need to know what the word says. We need to be in Christ in everything. But Franklin Graham went on to say that, hey, these numbers you're seeing here, they're here now. Because your poll went out, those that identify with me, guys, all America says they're Christians. That's that poll. But he said that people that are truly living for God, those numbers are there now. Walking it out every day. And guys, that's why we need to be aware for lots of reasons that that we need to be spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it doesn't go away for one reason, but for another, the most important reason is people are dying and losing interest in it because of the inconsistencies, I believe, in the church world now. We got to know what we think and believe and stand on it. They ask him, why is this happening and what can we do? And this is him saying. He said it happened because of inconsistencies in the pulpit and preaching and living out the word. Then he went on to say, and he got tough here, but, and again, let me explain this. I know we got a lot of school teachers here, but he says schools and teachers are antichrist. He wasn't calling them the antichrist or a antichrist. He was saying they are antichrist in what they present to the children. In other words, anything taught at school in the books is not Christ-centered. And he said, bring the Ten Commandments back in and let's teach them. We need to know who we are and what we believe. He said they are teaching the world standards and not God's standards. Point two, the believer has to be anointed to overcome the Antichrist. You are anointed. The word just said that today, that, that the believer needs to be anointed. Everybody says, oh, if I was anointed, I could walk in him. You are anointed. Verse 27 said, but the anointing that you receive from him abides, remains in you. And you have no need that anyone should teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about everything, and it is true, and it is no lie, just as I taught you, abide, remain in me. First Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians one twenty three, two and 3. And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us and who has also put his seal on us, given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. You've been anointed, you've been sealed, and you're guaranteed. Move in it. Yeah, I give the Lord praise. We need to be. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm being mean today, but if this is a chief game and they scored a touchdown against the Vikings, you guys would be up on the stage patting my back. <laughs> but God has anointed you and commissioned you. There's a call on your life to know who God is and know what you believe and know the word of God and to present it to people. And to bring people into the kingdom. 
Three, the Holy Spirit teaches you, but you receive, you have received the Holy Spirit and the, and He lives in you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true for the Spirit teaches you in everything. And, and the reason I'm back on that again is John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring into remembrance all that I have said to you. In other words, the Holy Spirit is a guide. And, and I believe at salvation, that Spirit enters you to save you, but I also believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I think you need to make that step if you haven't. Just like the disciples, the Spirit entered them in John chapter 20, and they were saved. But Jesus said, wait until you're filled with the Holy Spirit. 40 days later, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, or 50, whatever it was. We need to be the same because that spirit we depend on. But what I want to say now is, is because there's a lot of stuff going around. And we need to know the word because there's things that are anti-Christ meaning They're Christian songs, but they're not really bringing a Christian message. Or they're breaking a, bringing a broken Christian marriage. Not calling these groups Antichrist. Or the Antichrist. In the same way in books and prophecies and all that. We, we need to know the word so that we can make sure that we are in line with what God is trying to say. In this commentary, I'm going to read to you what they said. The Holy Spirit's teaching through God's word does not involve revelation of new truth or explanation of all difficult Bible passages to our personal satisfaction. That's Gnostics. And guys, that's what my fear is in the last days. That, But I already see the, the church, meaning all churches in general, I see a difference in them. Uh, I was in a meeting the other day that I totally disagreed with what the pastor prayed for healing over somebody. They never once asked God to heal them. But they said, Lord, let the dollar doctors do it. And I don't have a problem with doctors, but I always go to the Lord first. Because he is that ultimate healing. The doctors can't raise you from the dead, but Jesus can. He's that ultimate healing. So we need to be aware of things we're listening to and, and things we're reading to make sure that, that, that there's not some new revelation out there that supersedes the Bible. That, oh, I'm a prophet and I'm just going to extend the Bible. I'm going to write a new chapter. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, you run from it. The Spirit works to illuminate the truth already revealed in God's Word. Helping believers to apply that truth to their lives in a practical ways. And that's why I like that reading of that. The Holy Spirit is going to remind you of the simple things. Because guys, I can't, I, I can't you've already seen I butcher words. I'm not no genius. But the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say and the things to say. I'll be in meetings and I can't understand half what they're saying because of the big words. But it doesn't witness to my spirit. And so I listen intently and the Lord always gives me what I need to have. And that's what he's trying to say in these scriptures when he's saying the Holy Spirit can teach you and lead you because you are anointed, you are sealed, and, and, and I forgot the last one, guaranteed. 
Because that Holy Spirit 4 will reveal biblical truths. Verse 24, let what you heard from the beginning abide, remain in you. What do you hear from the beginning? What's the word say? What's Jesus say? As I said earlier, the Bible has an answer for us to stand on for everything. And that's why it is important that we know that word. I got to thinking that I was thinking about the Apostles' Creed or some of the creeds. Um, and if you want to put that up there, this took hours. You guys, if, if you look at what it took to get to the Apostles' Creed, it took a lot of jumps. And you're going to read that and you're going to think, that's what I believe. But they worked hard to get this here before you. And a lot of the creeds that are out there, and, and we get away from memorizing these creeds, but the reason these creeds were important is so it reminded them of what they believed in. And that's all creeds are. And I remember reading these as a kid, that we'd read different ones. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of a virgin, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy uh, Christian Church, and the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. That's what we believe. What do you believe? And then I got to think, you know, we're, we're wanting to be an independent status and we're wanting to do our own thing. So what do we believe? What do you believe? Does it line up with the word? Is it birthed in prayer? Is it birthed in, well, I don't want to go to meetings. We're going on a mission trip. We got to meet every week. But this is a, what we put out to the community that if you've come to Oakton and visited and now you're here, you receive this. It's what we believe. But we need to know what we believe. And these things are important so that when you are in crunch times that you can turn to the Lord and know and remember Again, use that 60-60 to help you. Now, I kept saying you have no need for anyone to teach you. And John isn't ruling out human teaching. Now, the reason I'm putting this in today is I don't want you running out here. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to do this. I don't need to do that. He's just saying that, that guys, I'll speak to you. But we need to come together. And have prayer because where two or more come together, what? Uh huh. And we need to break the word open together and we need to study it together and we need to argue about it if we, we need to as we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. I just think it's most important for all believers to be scholars of the word. Not your pastor, but you as individuals today, you need to be scholars of the word. I think it's most important that, that we're in Sunday school. Uh, you all know the truth, Sunday school is dying away in most churches. In our church, it's dropped about half of what it used to be. Why is that? 
Because the Holy Spirit's teaching you all things at home. I'd like to know about those Sunday school times. But it's going to be my goal in 2023 that we press into Sunday school, that we press into care groups. And the more I thought about that is that, that I think everyone needs to be in a care group. And, and, you know, life group, every time I say this, life group, we've got to change the names every time to make it exciting. So why don't we just call them the word groups? I think everybody needs to be in a word group where they can come together and have fellowship. They can break open the Bible and talk about it. And then they can pray about it and grow together in Christ. And I think that is important and on top priority. If you know the truth, that care groups, word groups, prayer is top priority for this body of Christ. We need to be scholars in his word. If you're interested in being a care or a word host, uh, we're going to be getting it together. And again, when things slow down, we're going to get together. And I want these people that are interested in doing that to come together. And you're, you're going to be the pastor's care group. And then we're going to send you out to be the care of the people. And I, I hope we can get 20. Because I think it's important, again, that we know the word that we're praying together and that we're listening together and that we're walking hand in hand together in the last days. Number six, the Holy Spirit is holy. And, and here I didn't, I thought that I was going to run, I'd be done in 10 minutes. But this one here is, is the Holy Spirit is holy in character and we should live out our lives holy in character. And that's why, again, reading the word is so important. And, and I'll just show you Galatians 5, 22, because these fruit are in us. In other words, the, the anointing's in you. What was the other one? We're sealed and we're what? Guaranteed. So the fruit of the spirit is in us. Let's bring it out. Let's bring it out. And that's what Paul says in Galatians 5.22. These groups, these times alone need to be bringing out these things. As I told you earlier, my alarm went off and I wasn't in the fruit I needed to be in when I was made aware of God. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Why? Because you're anointed, you're sealed, and you're guaranteed. Did you ever think about that? And those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified, have crucified their flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. In other words, strive in the vine. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. I kidded you guys a few months ago that how can we live by the fruits of the Spirit when we can't even, we don't, we, I can't just say them to you. They're not memorized. And I was talking to me that day because I can get through about six of them. And I have to go, what's the other ones? But maybe that's something we need to meditate on this week is the Galatians 5 fruits of the Spirit so that we know what's in us that we need to bring out. And then quickly closing, and again, most importantly, the Holy Spirit has been gifted to us, to each one of us. And Paul said concerning the Holy Spirit, I don't want you to be uninformed. He wants you to know the Holy Spirit and be informed by the Holy Spirit. 
You guys always take that as, oh, that means he wants me to get my giftings. No, he wants you to be informed by the Holy Spirit, not uninformed, meaning you're hearing him. And then the other one is pursue love earnestly and desire the spiritual gifts. So yes, we need to desire the spiritual gifts, but when we hear from the Holy Spirit and we're walking in the Spirit, we're not uninformed and these gifts are going to naturally manifest. And I believe all of us will operate in any gift at any time. And I'll be honest with you, I've operated in all the gifts at one time or another. There's some I'm stronger in, some I'm not. But I could have done none of them unless I was in tune with the Spirit. You try to give a tongue. You can't give a tongue without being in tune with the Spirit, believe me. Because you got to get over the flesh and everybody, what everybody thinks about you and everything you're doing. You got to be informed by the spirit to be able to do that. What about interpreting a tongue? Oh my, it's even more. God, I don't want to say anything. And it takes boldness to step out to the information the Holy Spirit's given you. But again, I'll never remember when we had Brother Foster right here and David Allen over there and a tongue was given. And them two guys started interpreting the same thing at least the first sentence, and then the other one yielded. God was telling them the exact same thing at the exact same time, and they spoke. And I think it was to show me how powerful it was. Don't want you to be uninformed. Maybe that's why that people run from tongues and interpretations, because they're scared of it. Or maybe they're not informed enough to move out in it. But guys, it's the last days. This world's not going to get any easier, but it's like I was telling you last week, I believe we can thrive no matter what's going on around us. No matter what the world requires of us, we can thrive. But I think a lot of us are here. We're, 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 we're strong in some areas and we're weak in other areas and there's some things we need to deal with in our life. But how to do that? But get into the word, get into prayer, get into word groups, Get into the Holy Ghost and let him inform you. Because why? You're anointed, sealed, and guaranteed in him. The altar call today is Jesus is coming soon. We must be prepared so that we aren't shrinking back or uninformed. Guys, you should, it should be burning in your spirit what Christ is doing because you're connected to him. And now little children abide, remain in him so that when he appears, we have confidence in him. I didn't read the negative because I'm claiming the positive that we have confidence. Confidence that Christ is alive and real and he's moving in my life every day. Confidence that he has made me righteous Confidence that he is informing me. Confidence that I can boldly walk before him. Where are you at in your faith today? If you're not saved, let's get saved. I believe the Lord put on my heart that some want a fresh anointing in God's word. And I know that it's there already, but you just want that prayer. Lord, renew and refresh the word in me. Or maybe, Lord, refresh the Holy Ghost in me. Father, I'm filled with your spirit, but I need to be refreshed 
because I feel uninformed and I need to be informed. But it starts with salvation. If you're not saved, you got to get saved. But how's the Lord speaking to you today? Respond. Because he wants to inform you. He wants to minister to your lives and he wants to touch your life. He's got a scripture just for you. He's got an answer just for you. He's with you today. In Jesus' name. Father, open our hearts. Father, move upon our hearts. And Father, let our feet move for you. In Jesus' name. Please come today. Please come.